0: Very welcome to this week's Out of the Ordinary and right now I'm standing at the front gates of the Henry House in Lakeside Park in Newbridge in County Kildare. I'm going to meet brother and sister Thomas and Leona Henry who are the only siblings in Ireland to have undergone a double lung transplant. Now they both had their operations in the Matter Hospital in 2013 and 14 and are well on their way to recovery. Now mum and dad are hopefully in here as well so let's Go in and just open in the gate here, and up the little driveway and meet them. Oh dear, I just have to contend with what I hope is a friendly Sorry. little dog. I'll give a knock here in the front door. Good doggy, good doggy. Hello. Hi, Hiya, are you hey. Thomas?
1: I am. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. It's nice you nice to meet you. Uh,
0: who's you? this lovely dog at That's the door? Tony.
1: It's Tony, our dog. We have him about two years, I think. So we rescued him from a shelter. (laughs) Right. So we did. So.
0: And I hear another dog. Yeah. God, this isn't great. So-
1: it's lovely out today, isn't is it? it? Beautiful, beautiful yeah. yeah. Who's good. the other dog? That's Cece Bloom. Leona got her about three years ago, I think. She's a puggle So she, she's crazy, absolutely crazy, though. We have her locked in sitting because she's just going mad. Okay. <laughs> That's good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Come on into the kitchen here you know, and I'll introduce you to everyone. Oh, thanks very much.
0: Good morning, everybody. Hi, hey, Brenda. Lovely love to
1: meet you. Right, let me introduce you to everyone, Brenda. This is my dad, Tom.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Hello, are Tom. You? I see you work with the Kildare Fire Service. Yeah, I
2: know Which last 29 years.
0: Great work there.
1: I this is my mother, Mary.
0: Hi, Brenda. Hello, nice Mary. How are you? Nice to meet you. Hi, thanks.
1: And my amazing sister, Leona.
0: Well, hello, Leona. Nice how are to you? Meet you. Mwah. Brenda, will you have a cup of tea or coffee? Do you know what? I'd love a cup of coffee. Thank you course, very much. Will we sit down, yeah, guys, because I'm yeah. dying to hear your amazing story. So you're both well and you're looking great. And Thomas, what do you work at now?
1: I'm a hairdresser. I done. I worked in a hairdresser before I got very sick, but as my lung function was decreasing and I wasn't able to do as much in the salon, I was getting so tired now, Brett, but I didn't know I was having lack of oxygen until I got very sick and I was brought in and I said, that's why. So I was put on portable oxygen then, so I had to leave work. So for about four and a half years, I've been out of work, but I'm back at it now about a month and a half. I might get
0: you to look at my colour in a little while. (laughs) But mum, Mary, both Leona and Thomas were born with cystic fibrosis. That's very unlucky, isn't it, to have two? I know it is,
3: yeah. And it was frightening at first because we'd never heard of cystic fibrosis and didn't know what it entailed, didn't know what it was about. Anything like that, like, you know, and it was just, it was challenging. As the years went on, like, do you know what I mean? Thomas was very active as a young lad and Leona wasn't so active. She wasn't able to cope as well with Thomas with it. So she had a lot of admissions into hospital and being sick. And then she, um, when she became nine, we started doing home IVs. Myself and Tom were taught how to do home IVs. It would save her less time in hospital as a course of IVs were two weeks. So she'd be in for two weeks, like, and then trying to look after Thomas at home as well. Like it was challenging. You know what I mean? Mm. Looking for babysitters and grandparents to mind the kids and all that sort of thing but we were doing the home ivs and they were going really well so then when thomas started needing ivs at home and all that we were able to do that for him like
0: so am i right in thinking Leon and thomas Mammy and daddy are amazing and really helped you growing up with cf
4: oh yeah definitely without them we wouldn't have be we wouldn't be here they were very strict with us and made sure we done our meds properly got our medication had our food took our enzymes everything like that so without them we wouldn't be here like
0: And Mary, did you feel particularly when Thomas was born and he was diagnosed with CF, did you think, how could this happen twice?
3: Well, yeah, we did. Like, we knew before Thomas was born there was a chance after, you know, with Leona, because there's a one in four chance of another child being CF. So we were kind of waiting on it, like, do you know what I mean? And then Thomas, when Thomas was born, I remember so well kissing him on the cheek. And you can taste, you can literally taste salt off a a child that has CF. And I knew by the taste and I said, I had called, the nurse was coming around and I said to her, I said, I can taste salt off Thomas. You know, so she said she'd mentioned to the doctor and the doctor came around to see us and said, well, look, we're going to do a sweat test anyway. So three weeks later, we had the sweat test done on Thomas and it was cystic fibrosis. Like, you know, and we knew, we knew, kind of knew at this stage, we didn't know too much, but we knew kind of what was ahead of us you know the road wasn't going to be easy like with two children with cystic fibrosis but you know what can you do you just have to get on with life like and and we looked into it as much as we could.
0: Can I bring Tom in here the dad two children with cystic fibrosis I know you have three and your eldest girl doesn't have it but apart from the challenges that it brought were they closest brother and sister?
2: I think it's a very special illness and it, it brings people together there are a lot of sister versus children, parents and all, out there, and uh, people don't realise just how much, how, how prevalent it is in Ireland. It does bring them very close together, and they feel like they mind each other. People have often asked me would I change, if I could change at all, would I go back and change that they didn't have cystic fibrosis. We've always said with myself and Mary that we wouldn't change it because it made them who they are. You know, they're so close, they mind each other. They're not like, I suppose they're like parents to each other as well. They mind each other with their nebulizers and their medication, and mm-hmm. Thomas would say to Leona, did you take this, did you take that? And Leona goes, yeah, did you take yours? And so it's really, yeah, it has, it has brought them all together. And there's some amazing uh, people out there with cystic fibrosis and who mind cystic fibrosis people.
0: Now for you Thomas, when did you know that in some way you had an illness that made
1: you stand out from your peers? When I was about eleven, twelve, thirteen, when I'd be out playing chase and playing football or whatever, I was always so thin and pale and I'd be running and I'd have to stop after a couple of minutes and I'd probably get sick with being out of breath and coughing and things like that. So I kind of <coughs> it kind of started to hit then and I was as I was getting older, I wasn't able to do what my friends were doing and did ask me was I coming out and I said no I have to get an nebulizer. or I have to just do a bit of treatment and I'll be out then but sure, then it was late in the evening and I'd be getting out for about an hour or two and I'd be back in to do more and things like that it was just activities with friends and that I kind of noticed more and it kind of made me stand out in school and things I was bullied a lot because I was the teen guy and I was pale and I wasn't mixing in as much with others because I wasn't able to so just people didn't understand it really they thought I was just I don't know what to talk, but I just—I <laughs> kind of got bullied the odd time over it. God, that must have been tough, was it? It was. It was tough. Now because I, I, we always kept me and Leona, we always kept our illness to ourselves. Kind of, we didn't want to shout from the rooftops because we didn't understand it completely, and we didn't know what other way, what way people would understand it. Because some people thought it was contagious from us when we were kids as well. So we kind of kept it to ourselves, and that's probably that's probably one of the main reasons I was bullied as well.
0: Leona, for you. What was it like growing up with CF? I mean, were you able to do fun things that other teenage girls were doing?
4: Not really, no. I was kind of a lot sicker than Thomas when I was a child, kind of running activities, anything like that. I'd have to stop and I'd have hemoptysis, which is coughing up blood, and that would kind of curtail me for the day, then I wouldn't be able to do much more. What do you think having CF brought
0: to your life at that time?
4: Well, I feel like I had a really good childhood because of how Mammy and Daddy treated us. We, they made sure we did the best for our ability and we enjoyed life and stuff like that. But it was activities with my friends. I wasn't able to go off on day trips or stuff like that because I'd have a big bag of medication to bring with me and it would be just too much effort. And then if I did get sick, I'd have to stay in. And when you're that age, your friends don't want to be stuck in the house. So oh, yeah. you'd be, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just stuck there on your own waiting for two weeks for the infection to go away and stuff like that. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but the the interesting thing is that when Leona
0: was growing up, she was sicker. But yet, Thomas, you were the one who got the double lung transplant first. How did yeah. that
1: happen? Well, when I was 16, I got diabetes and I was put in ICU for a week because my sugar levels were so high. When I got out of hospital, then I wasn't as active in things. So I started to get more infections and things and just a lot sicker in that. So then when I was 19, then I suffered a really bad depression, which just. Um, my sexuality and having cystic fibrosis all them kind of things so it's my health suffered that way so i just declined even more rapid
0: so Um, can i be clear you're talking about coming out and the difficulty there god almighty yeah yeah. (laughs) that's some melting pot
1: yeah oh it was it was (laughs) very stressful I just couldn't understand it, I couldn't make head or tails of my life, do you know what I mean? So I just suffered a lot more then and that's when I really got sick. So I started work then to try and keep my mind active but I I wasn't really able to work but I just wanted to achieve something myself that wasn't cystic fibrosis or my sexuality, I wanted to do something for myself. So then I was there for three, three and a half years, I got very sick then, I had to come out of work. In 2011 then, I got pneumonia in both lungs and I was very, very sick. So I was in hospital for five weeks and I was just bed bound. I wasn't up, I wasn't moving. I was in constant oxygen. I was gone so thin. Then after five weeks I got home, I was back in hospital then for a bowel blockage and it was just a touch and go on my me and daddy Elaine and Leona were a call because I didn't know what way it was going to go. I was very sick. So then it led up to needing to go on the transplant list. Yeah. So um, it was tough being told I had to go on the transplant list. I just felt like it was... A death sentence there and then just kind of waiting for the transplant and waiting for somebody's lungs to be compatible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was very lucky. I was only seven weeks and one day waiting on the list. So can you remember him being that sick, Leona?
4: Yeah. um, I remember in 2011 when he was in the sitting room, I was on oxygen already and he was really weak and tired and he didn't look great at all. And he rang Mammy to say he was feeling really unwell, would she come home? She came home, we were in the sitting room and I was trying to get him to explain how he's feeling. And he was saying like, I'm, I'm really tight, I can't breathe. So I said, I'll give you my oxygen. So I took off my nasal prongs and got a new one and put them on him and turned up the oxygen and asked him, was it feeling any better? And he was kind of like, it's slightly better, yeah, I'm getting a bit of a relief. But we knew straight away, I knew there was something wrong, do you know what I mean? So we had to ring the K doc. but he was very, very sick, so he was... Isn't it unusual that Leona was able to give you her oxygen? I mean, that's what's unique about this story, isn't it, Yeah, it is. It is mad, like... It's like something out of a film, like he wouldn't make it up yeah, Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: and, and did you ever have to help her out,
0: Thomas, like that, as a as a brother with the same condition?
1: Yeah, we've, all, we've always helped each other out, things like, do you know what I mean? Like something would happen to her that I'd know about, or something would happen to me that would click with her, right, this is wrong, I know what to do, or I'd say, right, I know what to do for you, just do this, do you know what I mean? We were always that close, that bond we have is amazing, as brother and sister.
0: So you had your... Double lung transplant in the matter. Yeah. Can you remember much about it?
1: I don't really remember m- two weeks before my transplant because I was so sick. After my transplant, I kept saying to mummy, daddy, "What did we do before? What did we do about this part?" I remember the Wednesday before the Wednesday I got my call. I don't remember being uptown really. And I had to ask Mammy and Daddy and Leona about that after my transplant. to get me? So it was yes. just some things I don't remember because I was so unwell.
0: And did you feel well instantly or how long did it take?
1: It was about oh, about a week and a half because you're so sore mm. and sedated. But I remember my first yawn after my transplant. I was in the bed. It was about two days after I had woken up and I yawned and my jaws cracked and my muscles in my chest I can't explain that feeling it was but it was felt like my whole chest cracked and I panicked I thought there was something wrong I thought I was having rejection or something I didn't understand it so I called in the nurse and she I told her and she said no you just yawned like a normal person you've taken in air and you filled your lungs and the muscles that weren't working because your lungs weren't moving them for so long have moved and that's what the feeling from the inside was it was just crazy I couldn't <laughs> believe it. it was just a yawn but I it felt like my whole body just shook because I had taken in proper air which I never did before.
0: Thomas it's very hard for anybody to imagine what it must be like before the operation. How much did you know about the medical side of it and what was going to happen you?
1: I kind of knew what it entailed but I never like there's YouTube videos there's all videos all over the internet of looking at these transplants being done but I didn't want to look too much into it in case it kind of scared me off the whole idea of being opened and someone's lungs going inside me and me without lungs for a while. It just it was too much on my head to think about what I was going through at the moment. So I just kind of blocked it out until afterwards. And what happened afterwards? I don't know. I just because it was all done and I had the scar there, I wanted then to put the piece of the puzzle together and look what I had gone through.
0: How did you go about doing that?
1: Just the internet, looking up these videos and I have a lot of friends who have had transplants and I asked them about their experience and what way they had been done surgically wise and things like that. And then just looked up videos of how the surgery went.
0: How did that make you feel?
1: Very (laughs) kind of uneasy at first because I didn't like to, to picture myself in that situation being open for so many hours and just that much blood and gore <laughs> really, but I, I kind of had to, I had to look at it.
0: So post operation, looking at all the YouTube videos, etc. of mm. transplant. You said it completed the picture. What are you talking about?
1: Just because I knew so little about what went on and I was just so worried about the surgery for being there for so many hours and I just appreciated what doctors can do and how bad I was before and then what I was like afterwards. All that work just went into me and I needed to see how it was done and appreciate what I went through. To put it all together, yeah. And I really appreciate what my donor has given me. I'll never, ever be able to thank them enough for the life they've given me.
0: And do you know who they are or anything like that?
1: No, I don't know who they are. I'd love to know. I'd love to know, yeah. Just to put a face to who saved me, who gave me my life back. I'd only weeks to live and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here now. Selfless act like.
0: Amazing. And then, Leone, you're sitting there looking at him. Are you thinking I'm next or what's going through your head?
4: I was excited for Thomas and I couldn't wait to see him wake up and hear how he was feeling and stuff like that. But to me, it was very, very scary because I knew I'm going to have to face this someday. And I knew because of the way my health was, it would probably be sooner rather than later. And then it was sooner rather than later. Can you talk us through what happened next? (laughs) After Thomas got his transplant, my health deteriorated rapidly and I um, had a bad infection in December 2012. Or twenty thirteen and the host- I had to mammy had to ring the ambulance for me. I was having hemoptysis again and um I couldn't breathe and my skin was clammy and I actually thought I was I was gonna die. I couldn't breathe at all. So um they brought me up to Beaumont Hospital and I spent three days there but I don't remember them because I slept just for the three days constantly and I was allowed home then on New Year's Eve and that day my CF team came in to me and said that I think it's time we talk about the transplant now, Leon, it's, it's going that way now, like there's not much more options that we have for you. He wanted me to stay in for an extra two weeks for more IVs, but I wanted to go home because I couldn't fathom the fact that I was going on a transplant list so soon after Thomas and everything I just said, I wanted to go home, I'd go home on IVs. So that was grand, I went home on IVs and this started the process, I think it took Nearly six months to be put on the list, and I was on the list for 13 days, and I got the call then. Wow! Yeah.
0: And how did you feel?
4: I was actually cooking dinner, me and Mammy dinner stir fry, and the phone rang, and I was like, "Oh, Mammy, it's the matter answer." And I, it didn't click with me at all. It was 20 to eight in the evening, and it didn't click. oh it could be a transplant call. So Mammy answered it, and Zita answered and said, "Is Leona there?" So Mammy put me on, and I was talking to Zita, and she just said. um are you busy? And I was kind of like, um, no, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So she goes, um, I think we have possible donor lungs for you. There'll be an ambulance sent in 20 minutes. So it was kind of, I kind of went into panic mode then and I was, everybody was rushing around me packing and I was just like looking going, oh my God, thinking exactly what Thomas went through and then starting to fret myself. And when I got out to the ambulance, then I just started crying because I knew that it could be possible lungs for me. So Thomas, you'd been there and back. Were you able to talk to her and give her advice, or were
0: you still in hospital?
1: No, I was. I was here. But when I got my transplant, I felt so guilty that Leona hadn't got hers. And so when I found out she had hers, I was just. I was more excited about her getting it than when I was when I had the call. It was like the piece of the puzzle was done do you know what I mean when I found out she was getting lungs that was me relaxed and I could enjoy my life enjoy my new lungs that I had gotten as well whereas when, she, when I was looking at her sick while I was healthy it was just guilt ridden I kept saying I'd give her my lungs any day the new ones it was just amazement. we were going up with her the night of her getting hers
0: and were you able to say, "Look at me, it'll be all right"? What did you say it to her? She
1: kept. She kept saying to me. She was crying. She kept saying, "I can't. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through. it I don't know if I'm going to be as strong." And I just seen how much pain you were, and I said, "Leona, the outcome of it all. You don't even be thinking of pain. You're that excited. You're that ecstatic." You're on painkillers, you don't feel it as much, do you know what I mean? You're just seen me and you imagined what pain I was in, but I wasn't. I, obviously there was a bit of pain, but just think of the outcome, think of being able to breathe and being able to ha- have a life that you never had before. Just going out walking in the evenings, going, we'll walk the marathon this year, we can do whatever we want, now we've new lungs.
4: Did that help Leona? It did, yeah, and kind of watching Thomas do all the things that he wanted to do kind of helped me and made me look past that bit and just keep looking forward i kind of went into positive mode and did you understand him feeling guilty getting lungs when you needed them as well yeah very much so because even when we both had our cf lungs if i was well and he was sick i'd feel really bad from do you kind of always had that guilt for each other and i knew when he got his new lungs that he would feel guilty so i was kind of not holding back how sick I was but I wouldn't really show it in front of Thomas but I'd show it in front of Mammy and Daddy I'd be like oh my God I'm so wrecked today I'm, I feel so sick and Thomas would be like how are you feeling I'd be like yeah I'm alright I'm alright you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean <laughs>
0: Mary and Tom Mum and Dad watching them go through this Mary did you think we can't be so lucky to get a second set of lungs for
3: transplant
0: We, you know it is unheard yeah. of really
3: I always had it in my head I I never said it out loud but I always had it in my head are we going to be that lucky? Will lightning strike twice in the one place? Like, but you just have to keep positive. You just have to keep a positive head and keep Leona positive, and you know, just say like, you know, we're, this is going to happen. Don't be thinking, you know, although it's in your head, and you're trying not to think about it, you always, it's always there. It's always constantly there. Will we be lucky enough to get Leona a set of lungs? Well, we never thought we'd be that lucky, but thank God we were. It's absolutely, it's a miracle the two of them are sitting here today. Absolute miracle. Fabulous.
4: Yes, Leona, you want to say something? Um, yeah, the team in the matter are absolutely brilliant. Our, the surgeon that done Thomas actually done me as well, Karen Redmond. So she's absolutely, she's out of this world, league of her own and Professor Jim Egan as well. And look, they've
0: brought your family great happiness as well. Yeah. You wanted to tell the story today because you want to make the point to people to donate their organs, am I correct?
4: Yeah, definitely. There's no point in bringing them to heaven. We need them here. You're saving so many lives when they're just going to be rotting in the ground. Thomas, you want to say something as well.
1: It's not just cystic fibrosis you need for an organ. Yeah. It's any type of illness you need, whether it be liver, kidneys, heart, anything. It's not just lungs. So you you might need one someday. Your loved one might need one someday. So just please talk to your loved ones. Explain your wishes, whether you want to donate or whether you don't. Get a card Text um, 550 for your donor card. Just, it's so important to carry a donor card.
0: Before I finish up, I don't often see this. Mother and daughter with matching
4: tattoos. How cool is that? Explain, Leona. Um, The tattoo is Just Breathe. It's um, a saying among CF people when you're living and breathe easy if somebody has passed with CF. But it was um, done, a CF fundraiser over in NACE in 2011 and I went over and got it done that day for CF. So, you both have it just on,
3: the, yeah, on just your on arm. The on yeah. your forearm. God, you're very trendy altogether. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: you?
3: <laughs> Young at heart, Mary. I know, yeah, but you have to keep up with them, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the June Bank holiday weekend.
0: You're going to be doing the women's mini marathon. Are you putting on yeah. a dress, Thomas? Oh,
1: geez, no.
4: <laughs>
0: no. Explain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the women's mini-marathon. Leona wasn't quite recovered last year, so I walked it. And this year we're planning to run the women's mini-marathon for cystic fibrosis.
0: First of all, it's women's mini-marathon, Thomas. And (laughs) we are going to manage that one? (laughs) We're going to put a dress on you.
1: Well, I don't think I'd look too good in a dress, but I'll try. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, I probably would. have for the laugh.
0: (laughs) What does that mean to have a, a goal like that?
1: Oh my God, never thought we'd be able to walk or run a mini Martin. We'd done the mini Martin a couple of years ago, both of us in wheelchairs. We weren't quite fit enough to walk it. Then, doing that, we never thought we'd be able to do this again. And then, when we got our transplants, it was just amazing. We said, right, we're definitely planning to run it. So, hopefully, next year, I'll have a wig on and a dress, and I'll (laughs) run it with Leona. (laughs) Thomas
0: and Leona, what you've both been through is an incredible journey, to say the least. But I'm just thinking about you, Tom, the dad here, what it, has it been like for you and Mary? I'm sure it's been challenging, to say the least, but to see them now well, what's that like?
2: We spent our life under a very dark cloud. We, were, we were, No parents should ever have to bury their children, and that's what faced us all our life. And now it's like that cloud is gone. It's thanks to donors, thanks to the matter, hospital, all the, the magnificent surgeons, and, and especially, especially the donors' families, Um, who have given us all this new lease of life it's just it's absolutely
3: amazing
0: and what about you Mary to see them the medication isn't as severe all of that
3: to see them now is absolutely amazing and not oxygen cables hanging around everywhere oxygen cylinders taking up room and nebulizers going nearly 24 7 it's just absolutely amazing and then for to see them being able to play with their nieces Abby and Sophie it's just amazing, like do you know what I mean? Leona brings up brings Abby uptown and going shopping and everything else and she loves it. Something that she couldn't do before. It's absolutely amazing and we can never, never thank their donors enough, the families.
0: And Leona, you're showing me a picture here of you on your
4: on your phone. When When is that taken? Can you describe it for people listening to the programme? Um, that was taken the day after surgery. Mammy came in to give me my phone to show me the messages of support I'd gotten. And I asked her to take a picture sneakily. So that was that. <laughs> so
0: that you then... And now, how are you? What are you thinking into the future?
4: At the moment, I'm currently looking for a job. Um, I'm doing makeup courses, which I never thought I'd ever get the chance to do. I've always wanted to do it. Being able to play with my nieces, which is something I thought I'd never get to do because I love them so much and they're kind of like mini-me's. They follow (laughs) me everywhere. And it's amazing for them to see me well now. They're kind of like, oh, will you come here with me? Will you do this? Can we go there? It's just... I delight of my life when they come in. It's just brilliant being able to enjoy them. The best thing for me is being able to enjoy my nieces and for them to be able to come in and I'm not just sitting on a bed hooked up to a machine. They're able to run around and I can chase them and play with them. It's, it's brilliant. And long may you continue to do that. Thomas, I believe you're rushing me out because there's a woman waiting
0: for a colour. <laughs> so, um, for you looking into the future, what, yeah. what's been brilliant about the double lung transplant?
1: Being able to do hair. <laughs> Get back into doing What I love doing Going uptown Going off to their shopping Without oxygen on my back Enjoying the summer Going down to the park just lying around just doing whatever I want not having to worry about packing up this oxygen or getting two nabs before I go be back in an hour to get more just doing what I want now as Leona said playing with my nieces my godchild Sophie I'm able to just run around and play with her like I'm just just the photo here I was um, before transit I was holding her but I was only able to hold her for literally a minute I was so exhausted and tired I didn't have the energy but now it's just playing with my nieces and our sister Elaine is so supportive and she's so much happier now that we can because she used to bring them into us but we were so sick we couldn't play with them and now she's seen that we can appreciate them so it's just it's amazing
0: and Thomas seen Leona well is that everything oh that's it
1: that's yeah. the icing on the cake I don't have to worry I'm not stressing whether she's going to get such a bad infection that might take her life or anything I know she's okay now thank yeah. god
4: and for you Leona seen Thomas running around the place doing hair and everything. To be honest, I burst of pride when I see him getting up now and just, like, he's hopping on the train and he's going to Dublin and it's just, I look at him and it's kind of like a dream. It's so surreal. I'm so proud of him and the man he's become because of it. Thomas and Leona, music is huge in your lives. I know that. We've talked about that.
1: It's always been big in our lives, yeah, music. Blaring the house down. (laughs) Mummy and Daddy... And off for the, and we just have the stereo or the music sessions on in the kitchen, dancing around the whole house. <laughs>
0: and is there a special song that resonates particularly with both of you?
1: Yeah, there would be. From years ago, we always had a "Stand By Me" by Benny King. We always had that for each other. Do you know, just cause we've always been there for each other and looked out for each other, and meant something to us. Like,
0: so tell me that song, why?
1: Just the words in it like we went through so much and it's uplifting I mean to her and she means to me when I'm feeling down she's there for me when it's likewise and if there's anything I can ever do for Leona and the same with her for me so we stand by each other.
0: Well I suppose the least we can do now is play Stand By Me Leona Thomas Ireland's first brother and sister double lung transplant thank you so much for sharing your story for letting me into your kitchen we wish you long life and happiness into the future
5: you can let the dogs out of the get out Thanks Thanks very much When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon